0: Well, good afternoon and good evening, everyone. We uh, Welcome to our First Freedoms live stream tonight. And tonight we have a special guest, James Topp. And uh, many of you may have been uh, following his journey across the country. It's been absolutely inspirational. People are coming out to see him. And uh, so, James, I just want to welcome you to our program tonight.
1: Thank you, sir. It's good to be here.
0: So, James, tell me. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Who you are?
1: Yeah. Um. Am I? Uh, are you able to hear me? Okay.
0: Yeah. It's it's a bit crackly. Okay, yep.
1: Yeah. We're just uh, we're transitioning yeah, to uh, sometimes inconsistent cell phone areas. Uh, so I'll just uh, carry on. Uh, my name is James Topp. Um I uh, am a service member. I am a public servant. I'm a soldier. I'm a citizen. I'm a Canadian. Um, as of um, 2019, after uh, 28 years of service, I transitioned to the reserve force in the armed forces, uh, in the army reserves as an infantryman, which is my trade. I... Um, Then uh, that enabled me to pursue another career with the public service, where I worked uh, with the RCMP as a civilian, and uh, I was a facility manager in Chilliwack, British Columbia. So after, um,
0: I'm sorry, James. You're you're breaking uh, up on us. I'm I'm sorry, James. Able. Yeah, uh, I'm so sorry. If you could repeat that again, I'm afraid it, did, it didn't come through clear. Uh, James, uh, looks like we lost some connection there. Um, James is uh, just ending his day of walking on in Alberta, and uh, so it's uh, we're kind of catching him on the fly right now as he's uh, traveling by. Looks like he's traveling by motorhome or something along that. Uh, James, are you able to hear us at all?
1: Soon,
0: so we should have a more consistent cell phone signal. Uh,
1: what was that? It dropped out. I'm not hearing
0: it. Hello, hello, James. Yeah, hi. Okay, um, how are we, how are we doing now? Can, can you hear us okay?
1: I can hear you perfectly,
0: yeah. Okay, so, so we hear you, but it's a bit. It's kind of crackly right now.
1: Yeah. I so, are you are you able to tell me where uh, I I got cut off? At what point in time I got cut
0: off? You you know what? I think you better take it off from the top because it uh, it uh, just tell us a little bit of who you okay. are, and uh, okay. Right. So
1: um. My name is uh, James Hopp. Uh, uh, um, I'm a former, well, I still am a service member with the Canadian Armed Forces. I joined in uh, 1990, got out in 94, got back in in 94, got employment, uh, sorry, remained employed in the Armed Forces until 2019, regular uh, force as an infantryman. Um, in uh, 2019, I transitioned to the Army Reserves. Uh, this enabled me to pursue a career with the public service, and uh, I was employed by the RCMP as a civilian. Are you still with me?
0: Mm. Yep. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Okay.
1: So um, this was uh, this was a job I had applied for in 2020, was hired in 2021, um, as we know in uh, August. There was um, the imposition or the announcement of uh, mandatory uh, medical procedures for federal government workers, um, uh, and, and then come November, the deadline was uh, was put into place, and I was placed on leave without pay from my public service position, and uh, I was also told that i would be released from the armed forces on an item 5f so an item 5f for anybody not familiar with it is basically if you look into the regs it says it's a a failure or an inability or an unwillingness to change in behavior mm-hmm. so i was uh, informed that um, you know after this this all this time in the military i will say that my uh, early days in the armed forces were a bit wild as a young man, I was—I uh, um, did get into my share of uh, disciplinary um, um, action. However, I had managed to keep my nose clean for a good 20 years. And uh, to be told I was released or to be released on an item 5F uh, didn't sit well with me. So um, there we have it. Come uh, as of November twenty twenty one, I was going to be uh, I was on leave without pay from my public service position, and um, told uh, I'm being released from the armed forces. Um, my position on uh, the medical procedure in question is such that I do not believe that the, the federal government has the authority to dictate to me what uh, constitutes uh, the maintenance of good health. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm mm-hmm so I uh, resisted and refused the uh, procedures of question Um, so it brings us to um, early January where I was told that um, um, this this situation persisted and I was placed on um, um, what's called recorded warnings with the armed forces. So what happens right. is uh, on a on a release proceeding. I'm just going to uh, move around a little bit. We are at our destination here in the okay. town of Bow Island, Alberta, and I'll just let my team members out, and then we'll carry on with the interview here. Sure, absolutely. Appreciate it. So uh, I'll get into how I met all these uh, all these good people in uh, shortly, uh-huh. but just uh-huh. to back up. Um, With the armed forces, there's not just a, uh, once you get told that you're going to be released, it's not just a matter of, um, they give you a piece of paper to sign. There's what's called the administrative review process, Mm.
0: which basically means you
1: sign a series
0: of uh, warnings. James, actually, I can hear you better if you don't touch your your mic, there you go, excellent. Okay, so you sign a series of recorded warnings
1: um, and then you sign what's called a counseling and probation document. And then you were told you have uh, a 14-day notice of intent to release. And I've passed all those stages. And as it stands right now, I'm waiting to hear back from um, what's called DMCA mm-hmm. in, um, in Ottawa. And they're the ones that manage personnel files, basically. Okay. So what's happened there is that... Um, uh, a number of personnel in the armed forces who are facing 5F release are in the similar position where it's a holding pattern for them. If they're in the Red force, they're on leave without pay. If they're in the reserves, like myself, they're waiting for this uh, for this final announcement that will be uh, released.
0: So I'm not really
1: sure where they were sitting with regards to my um civilian position with the RCMP I continue to remain on leave without pay I have not heard from my supervisors or from the uh, public uh, peace act the public service in the union mm-hmm. and um in and around January I found myself really suffering uh due to these announcements it was it was quite a blow to me um I can imagine anybody who's been laid off from work uh, unjustly has probably felt the same way and um what had happened was that I had attained a pl- employment because I had to receive a pension from my time in the Red force and that paid for my mortgage, but I needed to supplement that as I live in uh, British Columbia, which is a fairly expensive place to live.
0: For sure, yeah. I uh,
1: cast around for a job. I was lucky to get a job as a tow truck driver in um, in the town of Hope where I live. And then what happened was that we, uh, I, I just came up while while in this kind of pit of despair and you know, doing this job as a tow truck driver, I just kind of um, what brought me out of it was the was the was the truckers assembling in Ottawa and the and the freedom movement, the freedom convoy, right? And uh, it just it sustained me in a way, and um, it inspired me, and also having spent my life in the employment of the armed forces and then in the federal government i realized that i had kind of a sheltered existence Mm. seeing seeing the folks out um doing in in the private sector like the tow truck industry that i worked in seeing how hard they had to work to make ends meet seeing seeing that they also put their lives on the line every day so did truck drivers i just came to this realization that we were um you know that those uh, people were the ones that had put me where I am. They're the ones, through paying their taxes, were had had provided me with a career in the armed forces and, and in the federal mm-hmm. government. Right. And um, just to see that, see them ignored in Ottawa and insulted, and uh, I just it that also inspired me, and I I just came to this to this kind of uh, conclusion that I could do something. I, I wanted to go to Ottawa, um, and I couldn't fly there, right. and I I felt that uh, I could get there in another way, and so I, I carry I, I came up with the idea of marching there, because uh, as a as a infantryman, it's something I've done in uh, pretty much throughout my my um, adult life in the armed forces, uh-huh. so that uh, that's where we are today. I left uh, Vancouver on February the twentieth. Well, I'm, I'm not sure if everybody knows, I made an announcement <clears throat> in uniform on February the 12th on both a social media platform called TikTok. Mm-hmm. And I also went to a rally. And the point of that was, um, it, it was just to, to I, what I had planned on announcing with this march, I needed the attention of that uniform and I needed to show other personnel serving. That just because they wear a uniform doesn't mean that they have to obey every order without question. Mm. And um, because what I see happening here is is a, is, and I'm sure you do too. This is a this is a downward spiral. This is a trend that we have to put a stop to. This this kind of um, these mandates that are imposed on us by the government, which are ultimately harmful and toxic. Um, more on that later. But uh, I had um, made this announcement. On February the 12th, uh, February the 20th, I, I stepped off. Well, we stepped off, really, from Terry Fox Memorial outside of BC Place in Vancouver. And um, here we are, 45 days later, in uh, in a place called Bow Island, where we're spending the night. But where we stopped is just a few kilometers from here.
0: Uh, you know, so j- far, j- I'm, I'm so sorry, James. I, 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 I want to continue on that, but I just want to go back to the whole idea of you just deciding, look, I've had enough, I'm going to go to Ottawa, I I want to register my dissent of the way in which I've been treated as a federal worker, a federal employee. And I have spoken to a number of them over the last while who have been struggling. Some of them have told me about situations where um, just even their own mental health. And this is something that you had just shared, um, you know, that, that um, here it is, they've worked, they've studied for whatever course or w- whatever position they're in. They've gone through school, they've done all the work and uh, they've worked for the government. In fact, many of them have received nothing but the best um, accolades for how well they have been doing in their job. And then now, all of a sudden, when they face a situation where the government imposes this medical procedure, as you euphemistically uh, refer to it through the the vaccine mandate and so forth. Here it is. Uh, You say, I've had enough. I'm going to do something. And now you're marching across the country. And that um, uh, I, I, I just want to come back. What did the people around you think of you, or did they say something to you to say, hey, James, what are you doing? Or like, was it uh, support for you right off the bat? Or were people questioning, saying, James, why are you doing this?
1: Um, yeah, a little bit of column A, column B, because what happened was um, I, I went out made this announcement in uniform uh coincidentally enough i ran into a videographer at the rally okay right. and it was not a planned event whatsoever his name is Nem nakic and um he has a youtube channel called cinematic where he does some really good work and i, I com- it was a complete chance encounter he uh he he saw my in uniform he asked if he could ask me some questions mm-hmm. he's the one that made the uh, very excellent video which captured a lot of attention and through that i was put into contact with uh my good friend jeremy over here who is uh part-time marcher and uh part-time uh part-time rv driver
0: all right so um
1: i think he Do you got stuff that you got to get done to get out do you need to get out of here okay so um i met jeremy online um through i'm not exactly how it happened because i didn't have facebook or anything like that and i know a number of people that saw the video and were thinking uh, they want to get a hold of me, and I think it was through a mutual acquaintance we eventually uh, established contact. <clears throat> so Jeremy is one of the first persons I m- I met. Full support. Uh, the fellow holding the camera
0: right now, you can have a look at him, Christian. <laughs> Hi, Christian. Nice to nice to see you. We were in touch earlier. Great to see you. Yeah,
1: um, we got a supporter coming up, so okay. Jeremy's just going to step out and uh, yeah. have a couple of words with him, but. We, uh, th- these are gentlemen that I met with, uh, I met um, both, you know, prior, prior to the march and then, and then I met Christian on uh, the 20th of February when he stepped off. And there's uh, the, other, the other folks who were with me, including Esther, a uh, native of Saskatchewan who had moved down to Texas. She uh, had also seen the video and, and, and found out what we were doing and decided that she was going to drive up from Texas. So there's nine of us all together uh-huh. um, with the possibility of another joining us in medicine medicine hat. Um, so they're all full support. Uh, I know uh, most of my family was full su- mostly su- uh, fully supportive, uh, however, they did have their fears about the nature of uh, what I was about to do, especially since on the face of it, it appears that, um, you know, uh, an insurmountable task across the mountains of uh, British Columbia in, in early March, end of February. Oh, yeah. However, um, this, uh, this, ton, this, uh, this plan, there was a little bit of method to the madness with regards to the plan because I knew it was going to take us two weeks just to get out of the lower mainland in Vancouver, which is a fairly mild uh, t- uh, climate. I'm not right. sure if you're familiar with the area or not. Oh, yeah. yes, indeed. So um you know when we did hit the mountains it was challenging but fortunately enough we were able to get you know under or in front of uh most weather systems and um there was one section that we cut out between um a place called Manning Park and Princeton British Columbia just because of the fact that the switchbacks are treacherous and there was just too much snow mm-hmm. and there was another section on the Kootenay Pass but ultimately, it only added up to about 75 kilometers, and so um, we're going to uh, make that up to you in Ottawa as we march around the capital region. Yeah. When we get there. So um, ultimately, we did we did cross three mountain passes. We came down uh, through the mountains mm. in 45 days, and here we are in Alberta. And this has been done. Uh, uh, we've all, you know, the the folks have all rotated through different jobs and our little team here. So to answer your question, um, almost, I would say, 99% fully supportive of uh, of this little plan that I had.
0: <laughs> so now, James, do you have a family yourself? Do you have children at all? I, I don't.
1: I no. don't. That, that's that's one of the reasons why I'm in a unique position to do this, mm. Um, mm. because I think that I did, did have this, you know, Way of at least keeping my keeping my home, Um, so you know my pension, like I said, takes care of the 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 mortgage, Mm -hmm. and I and I and I had initially planned for this to be uh, a kind of a one man show or maybe two, and Mm -hmm. I would just self you know self finance, but it turned out to be uh, a lot more people were interested uh, in in taking part in this and. the team that we put together here is amazing. And we are, Mm. you know, we are uh, accepting the support of people who have reached out to us. Like, I mean, it's been overwhelming in a way, because um, what I had not understood is that we are at a point in this time, there's a crisis in this country. And this kind of activity for, for lack of a better word is just, it's, it's, um, something that people feel very strongly about. They're, all, they're mm. all behind it. They, I hear many people coming to tell me this is a very important thing that we're doing. Yeah. And, and
0: uh, now, yeah, sorry, uh, yeah. I mean, obviously, uh, what's important, of course, is the fact that... Uh, uh, that Canadians are not used to having government just force them to take a medical procedure that they don't want to take and then lose yeah. their job. And then uh, for many people are losing their homes and all the rest of it. And so that has become a, uh, a, certainly a big concern. Are you, are you noticing that the people who are supporting you, are they individuals who have lost employment themselves because they found themselves in the same position as you, or are you finding um, as well, a lot of, what I would call allies, people who've also received the vaccine but are nevertheless supporting you because they see just how crazy this idea of, of what government has done uh to the country. I I to answer your question, I would say that it's uh it, like
1: all of those folks are represented mm-hmm. in the support. I do I don't you know, we're not in the business of asking right. Um their their vaccination statuses sure. or anything else. So I yeah. can't speak on that. Yeah. But I do know that there are some folks who have told me that they are vaccinated and they just do not they do not believe in what the government is doing. Yeah. Um I am being approached and I have asked numerous times for anybody who's been negatively affected by the mandates, whether you're federal government workers or whether you've lost your job in another industry, I have asked for them to come find me and I want to share those accounts in Ottawa when I get there. That's another mm-hmm. uh, kind of
0: like ancillary mission. Okay. And so how are you getting those accounts? Are you recording them? Are you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: Recording. Uh, was so so the um, Esther, Esther Caswell, who came up from Texas, is kind of spearheading that initiative. And she's recording. And we also have another uh, volunteer online who's um, um, doing a synopsis. Mm-hmm. And the intent is to have those available on our website there. These are folks who are willing to share. And and I'm talking about other government workers, uh, people who have uh, vaccine injuries. Um, And and even, even, you know, the, the division of of family and, and, and Mm. the the crisis does that have brought on in various people's lives. This is all things that I want to hear from, from folks. And, and get in contact with other organizations that are call also, you know, kind of collecting those stories because this is what I think. I think we have a federal government that is out of touch with the folks that um, pay their salaries, and mm-hmm. they need to hear these stories.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, they need mm-hmm. to hear these personal accounts, right? And are these um, will these stories be made public? Uh, yes. Like you're going to okay? Yeah, All we've right. asked we've
1: asked anybody who comes forward if they're comfortable. Um, having their names, um, published. Right. And, um, you, you know, this is, not you know, I, I, am not going to pressure anybody to reveal information that they don't want to reveal or their names. Sure. 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 So, um, this is absolutely something that, um, I encourage anybody to come seek me out. <clears throat> um, you can find us at, uh, our, our GPS web link that's on the CanadaMarches.ca website. Okay. So, um, absolutely. Like these are these are this is part of it. This is uh, I've written a letter to members of Parliament.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, Have you
1: had much response from them? I've had one. One person but, out of all well, of the. I I will say this. We just yeah. <laughs> we just sent them out. Oh okay. So um, to be honest it was quite a quite a fairly rapid response but it wasn't by the, the member themselves it was by a secretary sure. and uh, very noncommittal. Um so there was a response but we are also following that up with with mailed letters and I am encouraging anybody to also contact their members of parliament because the point of all of this is that early on it had been um, my intention to, to do this without having a clear um, understanding of why I wanted to do it. Mm-hmm. So it took me some time to, to articulate it in my own mind how I wanted or why I was going to do this thing. Mm-hmm. So eventually I came to the conclusion that I needed, because I asked, I often had folks ask me, okay, well, what are you going to do when you get to Ottawa? And I, I really mm-hmm. had that turn that over in my mind and so as it stands right now the strategy is as we have a system in place and um, it's not exactly functional but if we make it functional by understanding how it works then we're gonna get out of this thing and that's why I encourage everybody to do is to learn how this system works you have a member of Parliament he answers to you Mm -hmm. and you need to get in contact with him and have him encourage him or her to contact me because I have mailed a letter to every member of parliament, email and in in, um, written form signed by myself, requesting an audience with them on the 22nd of June or thereabouts. I will be flexible on the date. Mm -hmm. Um, And we're gonna have a conversation about the impact this has had on federal government workers and others who have been affected by these mandates. I'm gonna speak on behalf of those folks who have lost their jobs, and I'm gonna speak on behalf of those people who I have heard on numerous accounts, um, and when I say heard, I mean I have spoken to them directly, how they have accepted this procedure because they have five kids and -hmm. they can't risk the loss of their income. Right.
0: Now, James, uh, a lot of people would say, look look at what happened to the truckers. Uh, The government uh, just simply bypassed them and all the rest of it. And of course, as you say, that is what inspired you to say, okay, one person, just one person is going to make their way across the country. Mm -hmm. You have a number of people, at least from the video that I've seen so far, you've had a number of people who come up and they join you walking for uh, a segment of your journey. Um, How has that been now in Alberta? It's the same. I
1: had two okay. individuals join me today. I mean, <laughs> we're not exactly in uh, urban uh, terrain here, okay? We're out in the right. prairies. And uh, folks, the two individuals who joined me today, they drove down from Calgary. Oh, wow. Okay. So I also was in Calgary because I was invited to speak at a rally there. Right. So um, to to just to back that up a little bit, <clears throat> I understand that the truckers were ignored. I took that on board. That's why the strategy here Mm -hmm. is um, that uh, I have a fairly strong uh, uh, feeling that there's going to be other veterans joining me in the summertime uh, who feel Mm -hmm. the same way I do. Um, uh, As a member of parliament, uh, to ignore that, I I think the optics would be bad for them. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, of course, um, I'm going to ask it anyhow, but I think I already know the answer. You haven't gotten anyone reaching out from the Prime Minister's office by any chance, have you?
1: (laughs) It wouldn't matter because they're not going to, even if I had the ear, nothing would happen there. That's why this is going out to Members of Parliament.
0: Right. Now, let me ask you something else. Um, One of the things that uh, I was talking about Uh, to a friend of mine today saying that I was going to be coming on with you tonight. And he mentioned, um, he said, uh, he's curious about the lack of information about your march in the mainstream media. Have you had anyone from any of the big uh, uh, TV stations, Global, CBC, CTV, has anyone called you, talked to you, anything along those lines? Um, I'll preface this by saying
1: that after um, my initial announcement in uniform, it did attract the attention of a reporter at CBC. She contacted me. Her name is Judy Trinh. And I did, at that particular point, not really feel comfortable um, speaking to her or having an interview just because at that particular point, it wasn't clear in my own mind uh, how to, you know, clearly talk. Like I can't now, after having done this for 45 days, um, you know, speak, you know, relatively um, um, well on on why and how I'm doing all of this at right. that that early point. I just didn't feel comfortable knowing that <laughs> the the way that it may be portrayed. Um, I just wasn't ready to take that interview on at that particular point. So I, I was contacted, and um, but since then um, there has been uh, no 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 contact by any of the the big um, uh, corporate medias. So yeah. we did put out a press release, um, and this is again with the help of our online support, which has been amazing. Um, so there has been a press release put out and has been sent to you know a number of media organizations. Um, to be uh, to be honest, I don't expect to receive any kind of fair treatment, and um, I've been told that it doesn't really matter as long as the information gets out there. Right. So I may reach out to them again, but to answer your question, no, I have not been uh, not recently been contacted by in particular, CBC, CTV, Global, National, or any of those places.
0: Right. Well, you know, it's uh, it's a, a testimony to the times in which we live. It's a good thing we do have the internet, uh, that we're able to have this kind of a conversation because of that very point. Um, and it's almost as if, um, the You are you're going against, and of course, let's face reality, you are going against the narrative, going against the government's narrative. And this is something that um, the government doesn't like. And we are so thankful, um, I can say for myself and those who I know are very thankful uh, to see you being willing uh, to make the stand that you are and to uh, getting out there and, you know, Uh, to me it's a great testimony that one person can have such a major impact on the country as a whole by just simply saying I got to do something even if it is I got to walk and uh, so that's uh, very very encouraging I I just want to say for those who are watching if you have any questions you want to pass on to us please uh, do so if you want to ask James now is your opportunity And, uh, but I just want to point out that on your website, and by the way, uh, James' website uh, is Canada Marches, one word, dot CA, I believe. Is it, James? That's right. Okay. And so after our um, live stream here tonight, we're going to be um, uh, making sure that uh, we put that down uh, in our information. So again, those who are watching, if you want to just ask a question to James, now's the time to do it. Uh, just uh, type it up and send it in. I, I just um, want to point out that on your website, um, and I'll just read these for the benefit of those who are watching, that James has three reasons as to why he's marching. Number one, he's protesting the federal, federal government's mandates that require as a condition for employment or continued employment, vaccination, testing, quarantine, and or isolation. Number two, he stepped forward to speak on behalf of those uh, personnel employed by the federal government or otherwise, who have been denied access to employment and services, who have lost income and have suffered from damaged relationships due to the imposition of a medical procedure. And number three, James has also stepped forward to speak on behalf of those who have through the introduction of false constructs surrounding choices and consequences been pressured into taking part in medical procedures that they would not otherwise have accepted. And, uh, James, I know that there's a lot of people, a lot of people in the work that I'm involved with, uh, would agree with you 100% with respect to that. And, um, I'm just wondering if you can, uh, you mentioned it earlier, but, um, Are there any stories that you would be able to share, free to share, about the struggles that people have had with respect to their own families? um, Relationships that have been broken uh, as a result of what we've been going through over the last six or over six months, but since since August, anyhow.
1: Uh, The thing is, this is something I would leave to to them to the website and and this is being established now i just i i have heard as i've traveled down the road here a number of different things from from people they have um for example been prevented from attending family gatherings right they were not able to see elderly folks uh in their last days because the 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 home will not allow them into, the they will not allow unvaccinated folks into the establishment. Um, there's there's been um, just this, you, you know, due to the misunderstanding surrounding this, the what we will call COVID. Um, you know, family who have are so fearful of coming into contact with each other, and especially those who are um unvaccinated they they have this now this this new schism in in a family unit Mm. so i can only speak in general terms on that sure yeah and um this is this is the kind of thing i want to capture on my website and um this is the kind of thing i want to speak to because just just speaking in my from my own experience um I, I was quite lucky in my family that most of uh, my, my brothers and sisters didn't really, even the ones that did get vaccinated and vaccinations aside, my, my main issue with the, the whole thing is that I don't, I don't uh, succumb to these kind of government dictates when mm. uh, the evidence is so uh, unsound. Um, <clears throat> so we, they were fairly un, unconcerned about my particular status. Right however, after my loss of employment, my inability to convey to them how much this weighed on me, I remember you know being being in, a, in this, this, this state of despair and just thinking to myself, you know these officials <laughs> and these politicians they they have no idea the damage that they've done mmm zero yeah and if they if they do then i guess their their consciences are being soothed by their paychecks
0: Hmm. i think one of the things that has really bothered a lot of people and i i see more people are coming on i just want to encourage you those who are watching and i'll come back to my question real quick but um uh, if you have a question that you would like to ask James, now is an opportunity to do it. We've got at least one question now, uh, but uh, it, now is the time to do it. we just got a few minutes. Uh, we want to continue here. But uh, if you have a question to ask James about his uh, trip and about his experience, please uh, do that in the comment section and we'll uh, ask him for it. But I, 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 one of the things that a lot of people have been really concerned with is how the bureaucrats, the government officials, seem to have had, um, or at least the impression you get, and 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 part of the impression we get is because of the prime minister and the way he uh, approached this whole thing. But it's rather callous, and uh, you know people are suffering, and yet um, there is not any kind of sense of understanding what pain like i mean it it's an awful lot of pain it seems to me uh just looking at your own experience for you to undertake an entire uh trip across the country to say look this hurts you've stepped on my toe it hurts i want somebody to listen and so what this is doing is allowing others to be able to through you vicariously Uh, be able to say as well, look, I support James because of what's happened. Absolutely. Um, This
1: is, I I encounter folks from all walks of life, from all backgrounds um, as I've started this. um, I would say folks who just don't know what I'm doing are probably the majority as it stands right now. Mm -hmm. The, The folks who have who do not like what I'm doing or do not understand are in the uh, minority that's that's for certain so the 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 issues that I encounter are that we have people who are frightened of their own government mm-hmm. um, they have I have these folks who come and tell me how they've been affected uh, service members facing release who have you know a loss of income um, been forced to move, um, and just and just the the pressuring and the bullying by the various chains of command is it, it was also causing them a great deal of suffering, mm. and um, but what I'm also finding and is this is there is this undercurrent of anger, absolutely this undercurrent and it's this is part and parcel of this pain piece right. Mm-hmm. Um, a hundred percent that what you said, I think very clearly um, and and well said by by the way, this is what I'm sensing is that th- these folks are are impacted and there's no response by by our our, our federal government or or the response is is um, surface level there's no right. meaning there
0: right. Yeah, there's no empathy uh, being shown by government by their own decisions that they've been making. And as long as their mortgages are paid and they can have their cars and everything else, uh, we can uh, force this. Now, of course, you know, they will they will argue, well, this is absolutely necessary for the health of the nation uh, that they need to to make this, um, uh, you know, measures, uh, these mandates and uh you have um you mentioned you're of a very different view yes absolutely like i mean (laughs) um
1: i have managed to stay healthy throughout uh the beginning of um this crisis that happened in march of 2020 Mm -hmm. and i'm sure you know we all have different um ideas about it and that's not what i'm here to discuss really my piece is getting something done but i will say that Throughout this period, I've remained um, pretty damn healthy based on my decisions to uh, keep fit, watch mm-hmm. my diet, and uh, avoid overdoing um, alcohol or other such uh, recreational
0: experience, it's um, like that. Okay, be- before we get to that question that's there waiting in the, in the wings, I just want to give another opportunity for those watching. If you want to ask uh, uh, James a question, please do so. Put it in the comments but james i'm just wondering if you could let people know the kind of regimen that you're doing on this journey
1: oh yeah absolutely um typically we get up uh around like the 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 fellas that have joined me or the ladies that have joined, the one the lady that has joined me we uh i'm I, i'm there's only a couple of us that have military experience and um i take that on board so i don't uh you know Right. Rail out everybody out of bed at 6 a.m. So I just, you know, I personally get up at 6, but we like to have breakfast um, between 6 and 8. At 8 o'clock, we, we take off from the point we stopped um, the previous day. So this mm-hmm. is how it's gone. And then today was an, a, like as an example, today we went to a, just about 6 p.m. So 8 to 6 p.m., uh, marching all day. We got forty point eight kilometers in today. Mind you, this is uh, terrain that's fairly uh, conducive for this kind of thing, right. nice and flat with wind at our back. Even though it was going hundred kilometers an hour at times, so um, <laughs> we, did, uh, yeah. we did. We uh, did. So that. But typically, what we'll do is, and this is what I did in, in the military. Where, you know, we march for forty-five to fifty minutes, and then take a ten or fifteen-minute break, depending on you know whether or not it's flat, uphill. Um, downhill, raining, um, whatever, and then uh, that's that's our cycle, and then we'll take a half hour, a forty-five minute lunch break.
0: So and that's that's been our routine. And then you go till how long? Usually, typically, how many hours? Typically, about t- uh, ten. Typically, ten hours. Ten hours. Wow, that's yeah. that's great exercise. Um, I just want to ask you one more question here. Now, I notice you're. Uh, uh displaying the canadian flag on your jacket uh, prominently um the canadian flag has uh, come under a lot of attention in the last little while but uh for you as a service member as an individual who served this country um what does the canadian flag mean to you oh good question well as uh, as
1: Um, To answer that, I would say, like, as a serviceman, we, we displayed this flag on our uniform so that other folks know what nation we're from. And what that nation has meant to other armed forces members is that we are a nation that, you know, when it is time to do the business, we do the business. We get things done. If there's an obstacle, we go over it, through it, or around it, or under it. We're hardworking. We have quiet, calm confidence. We don't need to beat our chests or yell at the top of our voices about things. We just get the job done. That's what it means for me to be a Canadian. That's what it means for me to bear this flag.
0: Mm. Now, t- tell me, James, what does Canada mean to you? Like when you, when you think of Canada, I noticed on your website, you've got here the Charter of Rights. You've got um, uh, Section 1 and Section 2 uh, with respect to the Charter of Rights. What is your message to Canadians with respect to that? well we are a nation of diverse people uh, we're not
1: always going to get along but as long as we can speak to each other with respect and honesty and um as long as we can you know recognize the fact that we are from different backgrounds and have different experiences but ultimately we are all a part of the nation we're all part of canada what does canada mean to me it's from one end to the other it's connected by a system of road and railways that have enabled us to to travel freely, mm-hmm. um, to go where we're going to go. And, and, you know, if we want to move, um, take up residence in a new place, regardless of who you are or where you're from or what your background is, we're, you're welcome there. Mm. Right. You, and you're welcome there.
0: And what do you think that uh, holds Canadians together? Like you're, you're on a mission to bring Canadians together. What is it that's going to bring us together? It's compassion. Uh, I will, I will say this, like, I mean, I
1: have undergone a personal transformational experience and um, I knew what the word meant. Mm -hmm. Like I knew the definition. But I didn't know what it was to experience it until, you know, I had my own bout of personal suffering and I recognized it happening in other folks. Mm. Mm. And and that meant something to me and now I'm trying to do something about it. Okay,
0: showing your compassion. Okay, yeah, James, we got this um, uh, question here from Finney and Arlene Flores. Uh, apologies if this has been discussed, but just curious to know what grassroots support James' initiatives has received so far. Um, this is going to uh, this is
1: this is uh, a tricky question because what I'm finding is that a lot of the organizations that have sprung up over the last couple of years um, they the, with their freedom organizations or movements. I'm not really sure how else to, to call it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been overwhelmingly positive and it's it's happened uh, since the beginning, since the very beginning. And that has um, what, I, what I would like to do throughout this is to connect these groups together to get a real grassroots movement um, going forward. But uh, to answer the question, it's been I can't like f- for example, there was there's a freedom community in Cranbrook run by a lady named Amy. Um, very strong uh, organization there that helped us. Same with Grand Forks, uh, Penticton. There was a woman named Mary Lou in Penticton, whose last name escapes me at the moment, but um, we can we can probably supply that later on. Mm-hmm. And these are these are folks who felt strongly enough, uh, you know, if not more so, earlier on than I did even to to try to get. Folks together at rallies, at um, you know parking lots and, and intersections and stuff like that. Um, there's freedom. There's freedom hub in uh, a place called Monarch, Alberta. That's one that that uh, invited us to a countryside barn dance that they had put on. There, there, there's many um, all across uh, the lower mainland the interior of British Columbia and here in uh, Alberta, we're also getting approached by folks from um, Saskatchewan and Manitoba. So the ones that I've had had the most contact with are Taking Back Our Freedoms, uh, Police on Guard, Veterans for Freedom, which is a fairly new organization, and um, Mounties for Freedom. So these are the kind of grassroots organizations that we have contact with.
0: And... um, uh, and it's been amazing. The support has been unbelievable. Okay. All right. Our next question. Uh, who does James plan on speaking with when he arrives in Ottawa? And how will he get their attention? Well, the, to, to answer that, that, we've kind of been discussing that. It's mm-hmm. going to be,
1: um, I have been in contact with a number of other veterans who have expressed interest w- w- in joining me at the Ontario border. And they want to march with me directly into Ottawa. So the, I am going to the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier to pay my respect there um, with uh, the potential to have 500 or more veterans with me. Mm. Uh, I think that's going to attract a lot of attention. Mm. Um, to ignore that, like I said, is going to be fairly bad optics for any member of Parliament. And the members of Parliament that I want to speak to are the ones that have the courage to step forward and do something. I can't say who it's going to be at present but those are the folks that I want to establish contact with because the goal of all of this is to affect change. So if 338 of them decide that they have the courage to recognize what I've done and listen to my concerns and take action to repair what's the damage that has been done, then those are the folks I'm going to talk to. And just to mm-hmm. add on that, um, it's not just going to be me. I intend to draw on the the knowledge that was gained um, with the initial experience of that protest that went on in Ottawa earlier this year, and build on that because in the in the armed forces we have something called an after-action review. So I have been in contact with various organizers who were there in Ottawa, and this is what we do: you learn from how, what worked, and you and you try to build on that, and then the things that didn't work, you try to to
0: come up with other strategies. Mm. Okay, excellent. Okay, next question. Uh, Thanks for sharing your perspective, James. I really appreciated your comments on compassion. If there's time, can you share as a vet, how did you feel about the Emergencies Act and the possibility of Canadian military involvement? Um, Good question. I was appalled, and that was one of the reasons that compelled
1: me to go out in uniform, because the last thing I wanted to see um, was... was My brothers and sisters being called into that particular uh, arena to smash heads in, I was absolutely appalled. And what I saw from that was the fear that was generated in the minds of my fellow Canadians, that they are now so fearful of their government. I,
0: I at times wasn't sure what country I lived in. Mm. mm wow okay james, that's uh, that's it for our questions. But you know, I, I just uh, want to salute you to for the great work that you're doing. Uh, to me, uh, your, your uh, example is is one in which every single Canadian can benefit from. You're an individual who has suffered as a result of a government decision, and you said you wanted to do something about it and you did it. And just that as uh, just getting to know you in just these last few minutes, I can understand why, because of your experience, you just get it done and uh, in the military and and and, you know, you're just your your determination uh, to make a difference. And that is something to be applauded. And um, we will be watching you as you make your way across the country. And for all of you who are out there, you can look up James and where he is uh, by going to CanadaMarches.ca. We will have that down here uh, underneath our program uh, in a few minutes when we uh, get off of this live stream. But James, it's been an absolute pleasure. Is there anything else that you would like to share to our listeners tonight? Yeah, I will just
1: say this and I'm not, you know, this is not me trying to be a life coach or anything, but I think what we need to start doing as a society, as a Canadian nation is to try to train ourselves into new ways of thinking. And what I would say to anybody, if they haven't already, is start thinking about what you can do and uh, let's stop focusing on the things that we can't do.
0: Okay, excellent. Excellent. Well, that's a great bit of advice. And uh, again, James, uh, thank you so very much. And for those of you who are watching, thank you uh, for staying tuned to uh, our First Freedoms live stream. And if we encourage you to click that like button for us, uh, we'd greatly appreciate that. And also sign up for our weekly newsletter, which is found at uh, firstfreedoms.ca. And until next time, I'm Barry Bussey.